You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1202 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland. Coming to you on a Monday evening into Tuesday. And thank you for making this podcast, Lock the Hawks Podcast, your first listen each and every day. Check us out on your favorite podcast platform, whether that be Apple Podcasts or Spotify or our newly launched YouTube channel. And I am joined for this episode by an old friend, a frequent guest of this podcast, who you can actually see on screen on YouTube right now. And that person is Zach Cote of Peachtree Hoops. Hello, sir. How are you? How are you doing, Brad? I appreciate you uh, having me on again. I spent a little bit of time, but... Uh... Happy to uh, come on and discuss this. I don't know how to describe this season, but it's <laughs> like, I don't know. It's it's not like horrible. I mean, Trey has had like what, like a 57-point game, like a bunch of 40-point. I mean, it, it, there's been some crazy games. It's not like it's been just boring. It's just, I don't know. It's it's repetitive as far as like it's just a roller coaster that like, you, it's not even unpredictable anymore. It's like if when the Hawks beat someone good, you expect them to lose to someone bad. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? No, you're right. right. I mean, that's, I was trying to get into that a little bit on yesterday's podcast. I guess to plug that, I, I did a weekend recap show about the two games, and they had this great win against Memphis, and they had a not a terrible loss against New Orleans, but again, they probably needed to win, and they lose it. And it's kind of a microcosm of the season, and your uh, your overall affect there is kind of wow I feel I mean I think Hawks fans are in the same spot like even the, even the biggest zealots of Hawks fandom are frustrated by the season I think that's goes without saying because look nobody realistically thought this team was going to be it's going to be sub 500 in late March especially when you factor in that they've been like not 100 percent healthy by any means but like Trey hasn't missed half the season or you know they haven't had the like huge injuries they had the one uh, obviously the COVID spell that a lot of teams had but even when they've been at full strength, they haven't been very good. And it's kind of been a little bit um, maddening. I mean, I guess I said a lot about those two games over the weekend. Uh, what was your takeaway? I know you were in the building on Sunday for the New Orleans game. And, you know, all the highs of Friday kind of came crashing down in uh, pretty, I guess, uh, I'm not even sure if it was appropriate fashion or like typical fashion or what. But it was kind of how it was, I get, like, like I said, kind of a microcosm of the season. Yeah, I, I feel like, I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't surprising that the Hawks would lose on Sunday just because, I mean, the New Orleans has been kind of like scrappy since they got CJ or whatever, but getting down almost 20 in the first quarter, um, have like Herb Jones and Jose Alvarado were just taking the ball from the Hawks starters and just running down the court with it. Your guy, Jose. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, but go, go jackets. <laughs> yeah. Legend. But, uh, no, I mean, those guys were just playing hard and like, I don't. I don't necessarily think the Hawks tried to take a game off or anything. I feel like they just. I don't know, like Herb Jones and Alvarado and like some of those other guys they have, like they're just playing really hard right now and like they have nothing to lose. So because they're, I think in the West they're the ten seed, but they have a really bad record. So like if they slipped out, like no one really cares, and then they're not going to slip out because like of the gap in the standings, like they probably won't. So I just feel like that team is playing really loose and the Hawks are in this mode of like, they're checking the standings, they're checking the scores of the other games. Like they're like tight almost like every now and then they, when the shots start falling early, but now that uh, Bogdanovich, you know, 
I think me and you, maybe offline more than anything, had suspected something might be coming up on injury-wise with him um, just because his shooting percentages have just fell off a cliff and he just looks like he looked uh, kind of in the playoffs last year. But, yep, yeah, I just feel like the combination of all those things, you're getting like – I mean, Bogey's doing what he can. I'm not criticizing him, but you're not getting full Bogey. You don't have Collins. Um New Orleans is playing some weird, like, two, like, seven-footer lineup, and, like, the Hawks chose not to play Capella. Uh, and a, you know, they chose not to match it. They chose to stick with Gallo because, I mean, which he was their best uh, offensive player, at least scorer in the game. And, honestly, that was because of the centers, because of the <clears throat> Jackson Hayes or Gary Clark or whoever they were, whenever they did take the centers out, they couldn't guard him. But he had no chance to guard Gallo it in was, the game. It was it was this you could I don't know I told Kevin in the first quarter Kevin Chenard obviously um I told him I thought Gallo was going for thirty when he had like seven because like how <laughs> they were playing him I was like what are they like they were playing him like he was forty eight not thirty four I mean he they were literally playing him like he was Vince Carter in his last season like they were just standing like four feet off of him putting like whoever on him like the worst player on the floor for them was guarding Gallo almost the whole game out of their five players, like whoever the worst player was, was usually the one guarding him. And I don't know, maybe that was smart. I mean, they won, but yeah, no, I mean, there was yeah. lots of stuff you get into from that game. It's just like, it's really weird. And, um, you know, I, I kind of always take stock of this. I know you know this too, but like March in the NBA is kind of this weird dead zone where like teams, not every team, but a lot of teams are not like just, grinding every night it's just kind of the doldrums of the season and i was looking at some numbers today about how like the whole league is looking in march and since the all-star break and offense is like way 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 up in the last month since the break like just for example the hawks for the season are 27th in the league in defensive rating which obviously everybody knows it's terrible top bottom five in the league but they're giving up they're giving up about 113.7 points per hundred possessions which is bad since the all-star break the hawks are 19th in defense which is not as bad. Like, if they had been 19th in defense for the full season, they'd have a better record than they do now. I mean, 19th is average. It's like, I right. think it's, it's like Zach, Zach Lowe always says, like, 19th and 12th are the same thing. Yeah, but I say that they're actually getting up more plus per possession since they also break. It's They're up to 115.4, but that's actually better in the league because the because offense is just way up in the league, which basically, in my mind, yeah, there's been a lot of, lots of shot making. Like, you've seen it, like I have. They've been the 60-point games, 50-point games across the league. Like, it's a very ripe time for offense. But I say that the Hawks have been, you know, quote-unquote worse on defense, but actually better in the standings in terms of stacking up against the rest of the league. But then shooting-wise, like, nobody other than Trey and Hunter on the roster is even league average in three-point shooting since March 1st. Like, Bogey, like you said before, Bogey's like sub-30%. Her 33% from three. And the Hawks are only 24th in the NBA three-point shooting since March 1st, which is a very small sample size, only three weeks. But the Hawks were top five in the league for the season. So, like, if they don't make shots and the defense kind of is what it is, it's kind of tough because, you know, that's their best way in a lot of ways, especially especially without Collins, their best way to attack on offense is on the perimeter other than Capella diving into the rim and Trey doing Trey stuff. Like, it's just kind of a weird setup because, I mean, it's kind of it looks a little bit different than it has the rest of the season, but the results, like we just talked about, are kind of the same. It's like a, a good a good win here, bad loss there, and it kind of levels out at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, like, if you look at the schedule, they have beaten, like, 
I mean, they're one of the Suns' losses. Like, one of the Suns' losses when they had all their players is against the Hawks. They, they were the only Suns' loss. Like, the Suns lost, like, one game in, like, seven weeks, and it was the Hawks game. Yeah. Like, that was one of those weird – I mean, they have, they have great wins. I mean, you have that win is probably the most landmark one on the schedule. But, like, of course, they drilled Dallas. They beat Milwaukee up twice. They beat Boston. Uh, they, they went into Memphis and won by, like, 30 points. Like, they have lots of good wins. They beat, they beat Philly on the road in December without Trey, I think that was in that game. So, like, they have some wins. It's just that I got on the list of losses and, like – yeah, that Spurs that Spurs loss was an all timer. Uh, Detroit was a bad loss. Like, you know, there's just it's all weird, man. The whole schedule's been weird <laughs> this season. Yeah, I um, it just I also wondered too how much do they just with all these guys hurt? I mean, there's almost no way they're getting caught. So oh, like, yeah. just take just take the ten seed. Like you're not gonna get past nine anyways. And there's really, I mean, so what? You have to go to Charlotte. Like, I'd rather be healthy going to Charlotte than hurt playing at home. Like, yeah, I, I want to ask you about that, actually. I wanna, let's actually get into that in a second. But before we get into kind of the look ahead at some schedule stuff, because that's a really interesting point because of how tightly packed it is. Before I mean, let that, Charlotte though, try to – let Charlotte and all those teams beat themselves up, you know what I mean, and just get ready because you're going to – you're not going to get caught. Oh, yeah. As long as you win, sure. like, three more games, you're not going to get caught. Oh, definitely. Um, I want to ask three, you something else like about that, five, too. But – yeah, I want to ask you some about that too because the schedule is pretty easy and all that. Before we get into uh, a little bit of a look ahead, it worth from our sponsors on the podcast today. It's that time of year again. It's the tournament's finally upon us in college basketball with all the latest odds, totals, player props, exotics, and much more. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs this year. And beyond that, it's also the best spot for all your sports scores, your podcasts, and your news this season. You can also find lots of the latest futures of the NBA if you have thoughts on who will win the title this year or win the conference. And you can even have a head start on the 2022 NFL season with look at headlines, futures, and much more on the football side. And of course, it's not just basketball or football because Bet Online has a full slate of offerings that includes live betting and your favorite casino games this year. Bet Online is also your source for other sports like hockey and boxing, UFC, auto racing, golf, tennis, soccer. It's almost baseball season. It's rapidly approaching at this point in time, plus entertainment bets and horse racing odds, plus every single prop you could possibly think of. Head to Bet Online right now or use your mobile device to check it all out today. We'll learn more about all the trends and the action available at Bet Online. Bet Online, where the game starts. Today's show is also brought to you by Athletic Greens. My schedule is pretty crazy right now. I started taking Athletic Greens because I was trying to be healthier, have more energy, and want to see what all the hype was about around Athletic Greens at this point. And I've been on it for a while, and AG1 in particular for weeks, and I absolutely love it. AG1 does not taste like a typical thing that's super healthy, which I actually like about it. I really look forward to taking it each and every day. The first thing I have when I wake up is AG1, which is one delicious scoop of AG1. You are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day on the right note. And they have a special blend of ingredients that support your nervous system, your immune system, your gut health, your energy, and helps you get the ability to focus and recover. AG1 also costs you less $3 a day, which is very, very helpful if you're on a budget and you're investing in your health. That's also cheaper than your cold brew habit as well, which I know I have one of those. And AG1 also supports better sleep quality and recovery as well as mental, mental clarity and alertness. Athletic Greens is over 7,000 five-star reviews at this point and is recommended by professional athletes up and down the aisles. And right now is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition, especially if you're heading into the cold and flu season at this point in time. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that's just it. No need for a million different pills, supplements to look out for your health to make it very easy on you as well. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. Take ownership of your health, pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. 
All right, Zach, you mentioned the sort of the schedule and the standings. Like as of tonight, we're recording this Monday evening pretty late and both the Nets and the Hornets won tonight. So the Hawks are now a game and a half behind the Hornets for the nine spot and two and a half behind the Nets. Um, the Hornets, by the way, after being brutal for a while, have now won five in a row. And of course, KD's back for the Nets. They're a better team with KD, very obviously. So like you said, I think the most logical and likely scenario is the Hawks finishing 10th. I think ninth is still in play because the Hawks' schedule was very easy down the stretch. And I know we just talked about this because like they're obviously capable of losing to bad teams. I'm not saying otherwise, but you still want to have an easy schedule. And the Hawks do have an easy schedule. Coming into today, I think it was the second easiest in the league. Like it's that, it's that uh luscious down the stretch. They play even the next five games is a good example. Like they play four games on the road in the next five, which is tough. The Hawks are pretty bad on the road this season, but they're also playing the Knicks, the Pistons the Pacers and the Thunder. So three teams that are like very, very openly rebuilding and bad. And then the Knicks are just not very good. So those games are all winnable despite being on the road. And even the home game in that stretch is the Warriors, which looked like it was going to be an awful game, but now it's Steph's not playing. And the Warriors without Steph are a lot more ordinary, let's say. And that game's at home. So like, could they win the next five games in a row? Sure they could, but it's still the Hawks and they've been inconsistent this year. And like, I was going to ask you about like how you, what, what you think about the rest of the schedule because I don't I kind of go back and forth like does that nine ten home court matter that much I would say no but knowing how the Hawks are approaching this people were asking me today and I guess I'll ask you now like do you th- do you kind of look big picture in the next few weeks like do you try do you like try stuff with Jalen Johnson do you like try to experiment or do you go with what Nate's probably going to do, which is going to be grinding every night? Because Nate, there's been no indication that I've heard or seen or witnessed that the Hawks are trying to do anything except for trying to do the same thing that they do all year long and just trying to win every night. So it's a little bit weird, but what are you sort of looking for in the next, I don't know, I guess we only have, what, 20 days left? Something like that? I mean, if guys are hurt, I wouldn't play them. But, I mean, I wouldn't sure. be arresting people. Like, yeah. Because, I mean, the, the Hawks do, they are like what, like, even with the loss, I think they're 15 out of 18 at home. I mean, they probably want to be yeah. home. So, Oh, for sure. I mean, obviously, and, if you look at the way that stacks up, there is no argument that they want to go on the road because they've not no. they've been bad on the road this year. Like full stop. I don't know if this matters, but I also feel pretty confident that um, ownership would like to be at home for the playing game. I mean, one 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 gate revenue, and you figure it'll be sold out. Even if it's even if it's, even even if it's, 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 it's gets the Hornets in a midweek game. It's a, a playoff. Ball, it's a man. playoff game. Like, like it's gonna, they're game. gonna, yeah, they're gonna make some money on that game. So I, I, I well, totally agree I with mean, you. The Hornets aren't the Hornets anymore, dude. They got like, they got like one of the top guys for the next ten years. Sure, I mean, and the thing I mean, is, well, I don't know if they'll have him the whole ten years, but they got him right now. <laughs> yeah, and the the thing is, like, I, I'm joking a little bit, but I'm I'm kind of expecting the Hawks to lose one of these at least one of these easy road games because they just, they keep doing it all year long. So like, you well, can't the Pistons, take it for granted. it's like, you're, like March madness is a thing in the NBA because teams like the Hawks in 2019 play like 17 feet above their heads because all these teams are old and like nobody's playing defense. So like, no, if Pistons are dangerous, dude, like, especially if well, Grant they, they, and, they, they just lost to Detroit in Detroit. That happened like exactly two weeks ago. Exactly. <laughs> they just, showed you if Olenek and, and Grant didn't even play like good on that game on offense, which that could happen again. But I mean, if you get, if they get a good Grant and a good Cade game, like you're not going to blow them out at home right now. I mean, probably no. not, not without, not. not without Collins. Like, I mean, they haven't blown anybody out on the road in a long time anyway. I mean, even the ones, even the ones they're getting, and I, you know, you mentioned without Collins, um, we'll get into the next game at the end of the podcast, but bogey's questionable. 
for Tuesday. And like without Collins, this is not the same team. I know there are people that think Collins is like not great or whatever. I'm like, don't don't I rub a hole too much, but I understand they've had some nice wins without him, but overall, like his absence is very important to the roster you take him away and your margin for error goes way down. Your defense gets worse. Your depth gets worse. Your rebounding gets worse, all that stuff. And yeah, like I look at the schedule and I wonder if you have too. like, they have like 11 games left. They'll probably be favored in like seven or eight of those games, as long as Trey is playing. Um, but you know, there's still some tough games remaining. Like you're playing Miami on the road, Toronto on the road, the Cavs and the Nets come in. Um, and fa- in fact, the only team in the league the Hawks might, might rather play on the road than at home is the Nets. Because, <laughs> uh, of course, Kyrie can play in Atlanta and he can't play in Brooklyn. Um, but even then, like, the games we talked about a second ago where they're going to be favored, yeah, they're, fa- they're probably favored against the Pistons and the Thunder and the Pacers and the Wizards and the Rockets. But, like, they might lose two or three of those games. I don't even know what to say. Like, projection-wise, I tweeted this out today. Um you know, all the projection systems are kind of giving the Hawks like a little bit over 500 the rest of the way. Like they're projecting like 42 and 40. That's kind of where I am on them right now. And that might be optimistic. I don't really know. I'm, I'm kind of doubting myself a little bit these days just because like 11 games left, they have to go seven and four to be 42 and 40. And like, yeah, they could definitely do that. But it's not a given at all. Yeah, I, I actually wanted to go back. Um, I, I think five and six is plenty. But before I, I wanted to tie in, I think Collins – I actually think his absence is one of the biggest reasons the team three-point percentage is down because there's only one rim threat and nobody really – no disrespect to Capella, like, they're going to let him score because they know he's going to miss some. So, sure. and, they know they, and they know they can hack him. So Collins is, like, one of the most legit pick-and-roll threats in the league. And people want to just forget about that or whatever when he scores four points in a game and gets – he's two for seven. But that, <laughs> that's not really – if they go away from pick and roll, he's, he's his numbers are going to be down. That's just they're, like yeah, that's like he's a wide. Just look at it like he's a wide receiver, and we're running running the ball this game. Like it, it's not his fault. He's not playing bad or like it. It just you have Trey Young on the court. There's going to be nights where other guys suffer. Like there's definitely an argument that like when he's not himself, like that's that's the thing right now is like when he was playing when he came back. Well, yeah, he was not right he was now. not himself. Yeah. Like he's clearly not himself, and that that's a different argument. Like if it's Collins at fifty percent. Then well, I'm just saying, if they had Collins at 100, but no, right I, I'm now, with you 100. Like, I think he, he that, has, that's a huge absence. Like inverse gravity, like he forces you to be like, where is he at? Like, you have to constantly box him out. You have to constantly worry about him slashing for a layup. Like, Trey is better with Collins because he knows he can just whip it in, and Collins is going to make any crazy finish that he. I mean, Collins makes everything around the rim. So it's just night and day to me. They're off. I mean, they really. It just is the biggest thing for me right now is just that if they don't have cons. I mean, it's basically in the good games, it's 20 points a game. And like most of them are really efficient shots. Well, it's both ends too. I mean, the thing is about, I know he's not a great, I know he's not and just yeah, like he's elite a million defender. times better than Gallinari on defense. Right. He's yeah. by far their best defensive four. And he's also their second best rebounder. Um, I've kind of made that, kind of made that home a lot recently, but like right now without Collins, this team has exactly one, rebounder on the team that I would describe as even maybe even slightly above average. Like Gallinari is below average. Akongwu is below average for a center. Hunter is below average for, for a three, much, much less a four. Like Bogey and Herter are not great rebounders. Trey is not either. Like 
They don't. Yeah. They only have. I mean, Capella is amazing on the glass. Delon. Delon is like an average rebounder. For yeah, a Delon's guard. a good. Delon's a good rebounder for a guard. But like, that's he's for a guard. Like, Collins is their only other guy out of the Capella that's a good rebounder, and he's not there. So like, there's all kinds of ways in which they miss him. I think it's it, it gets sort of underplayed because you know as long as Trey is there, Trey is the guy that they can't afford to be without. I know they just won without him, but he's the guy they can't afford to be without the most. But Collins. And Capella are are definitely two and three in some order in terms of who they can't afford to be without. And Collins is not out there right now. So it's definitely a big loss. Like they're still better than teams like, you know, even with that with that said, without Collins, they should they should beat New Orleans at home. And they didn't. Like they, they should still beat Detroit on the road without Collins. Well, especially without Ingram. If Ingram played, you could argue that it's a toss-up, but Ingram right. didn't play. I mean, no yeah. Ingram, obviously no Zion on this, but yeah, without right. Ingram, et cetera, like the Hawks are the better team in that matchup and they're playing at home where they've been awesome. And yeah, eventually they're going to have to lose a game at home. Like they, you can't win every night at home, even if you're good. That was a really weird game where like that might be Trey's only matchup all season where there's a guy smaller than him getting on his nerves. Like it's weird. For, he's usually, he's usually that guy, but Alvarado is Trey's like what? Almost six two. Alvarado is like six zero. Yeah. He's short. And, he was definitely shorter than Trey. I mean, and also it was a weird night because Trey was dealing with, Herb Jones start the game on him, which who's like a you know massive compared to Trey, and then you go and then they, throw, they, 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 they throw the change up at him, and it's Alvarado at five eleven or whatever he is. So yeah, it was a weird one. Plus, you know, I don't know. It's just a, they played you know, the Pelicans played play well in the game, so that's credit to them. But uh, you know, the Hawks just didn't show up in the first quarter, and they can't afford to do that. It's not a team that's good enough to dig holes like that and still win games. Um, I do want to ask you though, like you, you said five and six, like how much do you care if they don't get? the nine seat because I understand it's one game and there's a lot of noise. I'm going to be preaching this because last year it didn't, it ended up not mattering. And we, I, I did a lot of, uh, a lot of play in prep last year and then didn't get to really use it all. But like, I can't express to people how uncertain that is. Like, I think the Hawks are better than the Hornets. I really do. But even at home, they're like a 60, 40 favorite against, against the Hornets. No, Maybe. it's a free, it's one NBA It's game. a one game toss up. Yeah. It's a toss up. Uh, so like that. So I guess the question is like, do you go pedal over the metal down the stretch here? Like, do you really, really care about the nine seed? Or, like, let's just say it comes down to the last couple games. Like, are you just prepping to get yourself ready? Or are you, are you trying to, like, you know, grind out? Say, say there are two games back with two with two, uh, two games to go in the nine seed, for instance. Do you know what the – how many days are between the last game and the play-in? It's probably, like, one or two. Like – they haven't done the schedule yet, but like everybody in the league plays on that on the last day. Like there's no schedule yet for like the timing on that day. It's April 10th. It's a Sunday. The Hawks are in Houston that day. And the play in is, I believe it's Tuesday. So like they might have a day in between. That's it. And that's it. Because then you have to go Tuesday and then the next game for the nine and 10, they play again on Thursday, I want to say. And then the, and the playoffs start Saturday. So I think I, I'm pretty sure it's Tuesday, Thursday, or maybe it's Tuesday, Wednesday or whatever it is. But they only have a day or maybe maximum two in between. Yeah. And they're I mean, on the road. They're, they're in Houston, which obviously not, not, a, not a super tough game, but you still have to travel and do all that stuff. I mean, I think I, I would just be trying to win because you don't want to go into the playoffs like not – you want to be playing at a high level, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But number two, it doesn't really matter what I would do because that's what Nate is going to do. So, exactly. That's kind of. I mean, people yeah. keep asking me. Like, even actually, we'll get into the next game in a second. But one of the questions I've been getting all day today is like, uh, in fact, Kevin Chenard, you mentioned earlier, tweeted something out tonight about like the rotation, and like people were like, "Well, Jalen Johnson." It's like, well, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm sorry, sorry, folks. Um, in fact, 
let's get into the next game. But before if they we get, get locked in to 10 or 9 somehow with three games left, then yeah, Jalen Johnson might play like 30 minutes one game. If it literally means nothing. If they're already yeah. locked in. Yeah, I would, I would be rooting. Uh, I think if you're a, someone who wants Jalen Johnson to play, you're rooting for that that Rockets game and not mean anything on April 10th because then they actually might roll it out in that spot give them some real time. Um, all right, before we get to um, our last segment, a word from our sponsors on the podcast today. In the auto world, there are so many makes and models these days, it's basically impossible for your local chain store to start all the car truck parts that you possibly could need. And beyond that, do you really want to actually endure all the questioning for the person behind the counter just wants to say what the brand and the warehouse happens to carry behind that counter? Instead of doing that, you have access to rockauto.com and home or in your pocket. That's a much, much better option. Why spend more for the exact same parts from a chain store or dealership when you order them at rockauto.com? Rockauto.com is a family business that serves customers for more than 20 years at this point in time. Rockauto's prices are reliable low for each and every customer, which is very, very convenient. And they have absolutely everything you could possibly need for your car or truck. They have brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even carpet, and everything else you could possibly look for. And the website right now is, imp- is impressive. Check it out at this moment at rockauto.com today. See all the parts available for your car or your truck. When you get there, write locked on in the box to ask how you heard about rockauto.com so they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, Zach, let's finish up with the next game a little bit. Obviously, um, it's actually a national TV game on Tuesday, which I think people have kind of forgotten. I was, to be honest with, every- with everybody on the podcast, I was surprised they didn't flex this game out because the NBA has taken the Hawks off a couple of games down the stretch. And this one is a pretty bad game for national TV, if we're being honest with each other. Uh, the Knicks are not very good. Um, I guess the the appeal is that Trey goes to MSG. Um, that would be the national TV appeal for Tuesday night. But it's it is a big game. Um, it's definitely like D'Angelo Russell Lakers on TNT vibes. Yeah, I'm not. It's not. It's not really about the Hawks. I mean, the Hawks are obviously still a competitive, fun team in some respects. But the Knicks are just kind of awful this year. Um, obviously, the Hawks can still lose the game, but I was surprised by that. But as far as the context is concerned, the Hawks get to 500 again with the win. Um, but they're like we talked about earlier, they're bad on the road. They're 12 and 22 on the road this year. That's not good. They have a negative 2.6 net rating on the road this year. That's not good. The Knicks have been better recently. They're actually five and three in the last eight, and they're five behind the Hawks. Like. The Knicks are probably dead for the playoffs, but they're not 100% dead. Like, if they were to win out, they might have a chance. Then that's not going to happen. But um, they're bad on offense. No surprise there. We've seen a lot of the Knicks um, at different times. But um, I guess the headliner is that the Hawks are going to be shorthanded even more so. Collins is, of course, still out. Uh, Lou Williams has been ruled out for personal reasons on Tuesday, uh, which opens the door, obviously, for more DeLon Wright. But then the other one is Bogdanovich, who is questionable with a right quad contusion. Uh, I think we know that's going to be more DeLon without Lou, but if Bogey can't play, uh, then they're down to seven of their 10 guys that Nate seems to trust, um, which means somebody has, somebody has to play at least one guy, maybe two guys have to play that are not uh, normally in the rotation. I would guess, and I wonder if you agree with me, I would guess that TLC is going to play if Bogey does not, because they've been playing TLC off and on the last couple of weeks. He's been their, their, their emergency guy. Um, but, like, what do you think they should do? And what do you think they will do if Bogey can't play and they have to kind of fill around them? Yeah, I think TLC will definitely play. And then, I don't know. Maybe it's always hard. To, it's always hard to choose between Knox and Jing because Jing is better, but they probably won't need a third center. I mean, I guess with Collins out. They, Knox, they Knox revenge game, though, in New York, though. Come on. I just I don't foresee that. Uh, I I'll say this. I would play Skylar Mays, but they're not going to do that. Yeah. I mean, they just haven't done that in so long. Like, it doesn't yeah, even I, make sense to, like – I agree. I mean, it's not – Like, I, 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 I agree with what that. you're saying, but, like, you can't, like, expect it. No, like, agreed. I, I say that, like, 
if it was me, I would I would think about playing Jalen Johnson. And I'm not just saying that. Like I would have been doing that for a while now. Not necessarily going out of my way to, but on these nights when Colin, like for instance, the other day when it was Collins and Gallo were both out and Jalen was in College Park, it's like, all right, this is this is not very smart. Like at least maybe try him, have him around. Um, this is a spot where it might make some sense too. They're not gonna do it. It's gonna be TLC almost for sure. And then if they go to nine, I would guess, like you just said, it would be between Gorgie and the Kevin Knox revenge tour in New York. Um, obviously, oh, by the way, old, uh, old pal Cam Reddish is out for the Knicks. So we will not have the Cam Reddish revenge game, unfortunately, for all parties involved. Um, Derek Rose is out too for the Knicks, and Nerlens Noel is out for the Knicks. Kemba is still away from the team, et cetera. Um, I mean, it's a weird game. Uh, Better Lines not have a line for this one. I'm expecting the Hawks to be small favorites on the road um in that game on tuesday and that's probably about right but like we just got done saying for the last half hour nothing is assured on the road whatsoever like i think if i had to pick the game i picked the hawks to win it but the knicks are playing better and they're frisky and the hawks are bad on the road so it's like a pretty interesting test for the hawks and as weird as it sounds this is their toughest road game of the next four because the knicks are still better than the pistons their pacers and the thunder are right now so like if you're trying to figure one that might be the most difficult on paper of these four road games it's probably the knicks which is uh interesting uh but at the same time i feel like trey will be up for this one not that he's not always gonna be up for games but it's a national tv game and msg you figure trey's gonna have something up his sleeve probably so we'll see yeah I, barrett's actually been playing well kind of yeah and Ray, randall's been better re- recently too randall, was, randall yeah. was pretty awful when the season he's been more this game this game is is not like I don't want to say it's completely personal, but there's a little bit extra. I mean, they played in the playoffs last year. Like, oh, yeah. There's going to be – the crowd's going to be into it, you know. I mean, that's the number one thing, I think. Oh, for Trey, sure. Like, Trey, that's the number one thing that Trey is going to be ready for is to score a bunch of points. and. Yeah, and they, they've, they've, they've been playing the these uh, – I'm looking at the next numbers from March – Randall's up to 24 points per game in March. Barrett's 24 points per game in March and pretty decent efficiency. Um, they've been playing quickly a lot, and Fournier has been, been decent for them recently as well. They're still shorthanded, like I said. Like, they're down Reddish, and they're down Rose, and they're down Noel. But, like, they have some interesting young guys. Like, for instance, Quentin Grimes is one of those interesting supporting pieces. Um, Obi gets some playing time. Alec Burks is around. So, like, nothing is guaranteed. That's for sure. And I'll be interested to see how they approach it too, especially if Bogey can't play. Not just not just like who they play in his place, but like how they function offensively because we've all seen it, but they've given Bogey a lot of responsibility on offense um, without Collins in particular. Like it's a lot of Bogey with the ball in his hands when Trey's off the floor almost all the time. But even when Trey's on the floor, like last night, um, they were having Bogey be the primary with Trey on the floor in the fourth quarter a lot. And that was interesting to see that. But if he can't go, it definitely changes the paradigm a lot because Herter has been banged up and not playing super well recently either. So a lot of pressure goes on guys like DeLon Wright and Kevin Herter and DeAndre Hunter if Bogey can't play. Yeah, because I mean, obviously that would go straight to Lou if Lou was playing. Right, and no, he's not going. Yeah. So like, yeah. you figure, you know, for all the stuff about Lou, and I don't think Lou's been great this year by any means, and I probably wouldn't play him a lot. They do give him the keys to run the offense when Trey is not out there. And uh, we'll see how they handle that because the best yeah. person to put with the lawn is Bogey. And if Bogey can't go, like now you're in a situation where you're trying to tie DeLon to Kevin Herter or whatever you're going to do. Because he needs, I mean, especially I love DeLon. He does need somebody else with him that can handle the ball and try to score because he's not really going to do a lot of that. So 
We'll see. Yeah, Lou. Um, Lou might not be an eighty-two game player anymore, but if his job <laughs> is not if his job is not to kill you, he won't kill you. Yeah, I mean, there's been times where he, he has. He can them, get up like, and play. He's I just mean like if it's a big game, like the Buck series, for example. I'm not saying he could maybe maybe he can't replicate that this season, but sure they they put him in a game where it's like, all right, we really need you. He dropped twenty. Like, yeah, no, and Lou, I mean, to his credit, I thought he was pretty terrible in the first half of the season, and he has been better since then. He kind of like got excised, needs, and he, he kind of came back. No, like he needs to know a little bit, you know, before. Yeah, like. It's not like he's not – you can't just – he's not, like, quite as much of a microwave anymore. But no. he can still get it going. I mean, Absolutely. He can. So, But I think DeLon – I think how they played that game without Trey, where DeLon was, like, all over the place. Like, yeah. I think you have to try that, like, as, like, far as the six men. Um, and I don't know. I mean, because I don't see how you can – you almost start TLC or something. I don't know how you can put all the ball handlers in the starting lineup. Yeah, no, I would probably think about starting Delon if Bogey couldn't go, and just staggering, like get him get him off the floor first. Yeah, um, ha- have Trey play the whole fourth quarter like he often does, and just do what they kind of do, and like just stagger the rest of the game. I would think about doing that if Bogey can't play, but I think what they'll probably do is start Herder, Hunter, um, Gallo, and uh, and Capella around Trey, and just kind of piece it together after that. I'll, I'll, I definitely I'll, think that's what they're going to do. I don't think they're going to change the starting lineup. They probably won't. I just think that that would be interesting just because, like, they got to get creative, and that's not that's not always Nate's strength to be creative. But what you don't want to have out there is a, a lineup when DeLon is the only ball handler. Like, if you're playing DeLon right with TLC and Hunter, that doesn't really work. Like, you, you need to have at least Herter, I think, with DeLon to give him somebody else that can handle the ball. And that's a tough thing to, to sort of uh, thread the needle because then Herder's got to play a lot. I mean, if, this goes without saying, but if Bogey can't play, Herder's got to play 38 minutes. Like, you got to plan on him playing a ton. Hunter's been, Hunter's been doing that same thing recently when it's been Hunter's been playing the dual role. Now Herder's got to do that too. And we'll see if they play nine guys or eight guys or whatever. And hopefully Bogey yeah. can just play. We'll see. I mean, he's questionable, not out. So there's, there's definitely a chance he either can play. Either way, there is no chance I would lay points on them. Uh, no, I would not recommend. I would not recommend betting on the Hawks on the road under most circumstances at this point. Now, I think that I think if you maybe choose who's going to win the game, I would pick the Hawks, but not with a ton of conviction, um, just because of how bad they've been on the road. I mean, it's not it's not only that, but it really is between the combination of how you know uneven they've been all year long overall, and also just kind of the the logic of how I mean they're twenty they're twelve twenty two on the road this season. Like it's not like a accident it's not only noise there they've just been bad in road games so we'll see it's a big one in some respects especially if you want to have the chance because listen especially we've just said how frustrating this, the season's been if they go out and finish this stretch eight and three they could be the eight seed i'm not going to say that's going to happen but if you look at if you look at the team talent and the and the remaining schedule they could go nine and two and it wouldn't stun me by any means and then if you if you if you go eight three nine and two, you got to then you're you're forcing Brooklyn to win some games to not be the eight seed. Right. So like that's still in play. I think seven seed is off the table at this point for the most part. It's not impossible, but it's not really attainable. If they were to be realistic, they could get the eight seed. It, it would not yeah. shock me if they did that. I, when I said five and six, I meant I just think that's like all they need to do to like be safe. Like oh, I think they can go honestly. They, to be honest seven, with you, maybe even. they could probably go three and eight and 
yeah. be pretty sick. Because I think I'm looking at this. Just make sure I'm not crazy. I'm looking at the standings. Um, and it's more it's more about who's behind them. Like I feel bad for piling on the Wizards and the Knicks, but right now the Hawks are five games ahead of the Wizards and the Knicks with 11 games to go. Like, can you imagine either the Wizards or the Knicks going nine and two? Because I don't see that happening. And they'd have to go nine and two to even no. have the Hawks be in some, any kind of trouble. I think as long as the Hawks don't go like two and nine, they're making the play in. Like, if you look at the numbers, I tweeted it out today, but it was like a sub 5% chance by basketball reference the Hawks missed the play in. And that sounds right to me. Not because the Hawks are some great team this year, but because the teams behind them are not close to them in the standings. And, you know, five games back, and also just not capable in my mind of going nine and two, ten and one to go ahead and close that gap. So, like, I think missing the play in is not really on the table at this point. It's just about ten versus nine versus maybe eight. Yeah. But the Hornets are something. I mean, honestly, I thought the Hawks were going to be kind of kind of coast to maybe the nine seed, and then Charlotte Charlotte were five games in a row. So, who yeah. knows what's going to happen there? I would <laughs> guess the tomorrow's game to me is a toss up. I really wouldn't even lean that towards the Hawks. I just feel like the Knicks have enough. They could come out and build a 10-point lead and just win the game. But if the Hawks are banged up and come out slow again. But for the rest of the season, I think like 7-4 and would be my median. I feel like I kind of expect like them to drop four games throughout those 11. Just... Yeah, that's the projection. Whether, whether it's people. just whether the last couple of them don't really matter and like, you know, one of the losses doesn't even matter. It could be something like that, but takes a lot of juice to go nine and two with a lot of you know guys banged up yeah if you go if you go just game by game it's not always this easy but if you're like look at the projection systems like 538 has them going seven and seven and four and it's because they're going to be favored in six seven eight of these games and they may win some of them they can also win the games that they're not favored in and we'll see that's kind of the median outcome um and listen if they go six and five they're 500 for the season and that's not going to be exciting by any means but it's going to get them in the playoffs so or at least the play-in, I should say, not the playoffs, the postseason, not the playoffs. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and we'll sort of touch on that later on if we need to, if they can beat Charlotte. And then uh, they have to win twice, which is always the challenge. If you're, that's the thing about the nine seed. Like, I think yeah. people have kind of not figured out um, what the format is. because yeah, people still like, think it's like seven versus ten. And, yeah. Yeah. Because the Hawks missed it last year. I don't I understand why. But yeah, no, um, I mean, they no got to win twice. Kind of, yeah. They got to win twice to get in. Uh, and if you're the ten seed, you got to win twice on the road, which uh, – as discussed, not super uh, great situation for the Hawks this season. So, uh, Zach, covered a lot of ground on this podcast. Anything else you want to get out there, we can feel free to discuss it. If not, please plug all you have going on because Peachtree Hoops is uh, still around and kicking, and uh, I'm enjoying reading the content and uh, blowing up Slack every once in a while and uh, having fun there. But uh, feel free, the uh, slate is yours. Yeah, no, I think we we covered a lot of stuff, good stuff there. Um be an interesting game tomorrow for sure. I think it's going to be um, pretty close, actually. So, but yeah, you can check out Peace Hoops. Obviously, you guys, if you guys know Brad, you probably already know what Peace Hoops is, but I'm uh, helping run things over there now. Uh, managing editor, you can follow me at, uh, if you're on YouTube, you can see it on the screen there. But if you're not, it's at ZHood underscore on Twitter. So, always appreciate Brad having me on and uh, talking about some basketball. We'll do it again soon, my friend. I try to leave you alone during the season. I know how the grind is at Peachtree Hoops, so I try not to bug you too much, but I'm sure we'll talk about some draft stuff in the future and playoff stuff in the future, et cetera. But I do appreciate all the time. I recommend following Zach and also definitely checking out Peachtree Hoops, which I'm still reading every day. I say that without a hint of anything. I still read it all the time between Glenn and Malik and Zach and everybody else is over there. I uh, and Graham, I should I – 
Graham's not watching this. I'm pretty sure Graham's probably asleep somewhere in Ireland right now, but I want to shout out Graham because he's still grinding. So thank you, Zach. As for everybody else, please subscribe to this podcast. Follow me on Twitter if you'd like to. Follow Zach on Twitter, and we'll see you next time.